In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Welcome to part two of our discussion on Interstellar. We left off last week with the gang entering the wormhole. Where will they end up today? Um, when they get to the other side of the wormhole, that's when they start receiving all of the data that the other three teams have been sending over the years. They finally start getting it. Um, they weigh their options and they decide to go to a planet that has been investigated by a scientist named Miller. So we're calling this Miller's Planet. Um, When they get to Miller's Planet, Miller's Planet seems to be exclusively ocean. Um, And Miller's Planet, I think, I'm trying to remember. Miller's Planet is the closest to the black hole. And so because it is the closest to the black hole, the time distortion there is the most extreme. Okay. So what that means, and they they are told this before they land on the planet, every hour on the planet is seven years. Holy shit. On Earth and seven years in the endurance because the endurance is on earth time i'd be like it's not worth it (laughs) i know i know so basically when they set out on this mission they're like we have to be super fucking fast to probably under an hour if possible yeah because yeah like they want to be there for like a couple minutes really they're like we're going to collect their data and move on that's what we're doing um unfortunately what they discover when they land is that there's a bunch of wreckage in the water and no one is left. Everyone's gone. And the reason everyone's gone is because no sooner do they land than a massive wave. Okay. 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 So what I said to you in my original text when I first started watching this movie was it is a culmination of many things that I hate and what I mean, what I meant by that was definitely spaceships, big gray ships. Hate yep. it. This part with the water, I hated this part. <laughs> I also d- didn't get it. I was like, I, w- I was definitely like not, I didn't get this movie yet at this point. So I, w- I, I was like, why are they walk- saying walk- something? Because we are easily like. 70 minutes into the movie at least by this point 
<laughs> well, I was like, why are they walking on water? Why are they Jesus? Like, what's happening? Um, and- I think the water was weirdly shallow. Yeah, I thought they were in the middle of the ocean. So I was confused. And um, then the whole wall of water part happened. And I was just like, I mentioned, I can't remember if it was on what episode or when we talked about this. I mentioned that I have like thalassophobia, which yes. is like fear of the sea. And I really did not right. like this part. This part made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, it was really intense. The wave was the biggest like it was not simply a tsunami. It was like too much. something I've never seen. Like, I mean, yeah. the most terrifying thing I think you could probably witness um, right. would be well, a wall of water that large. Because Brand is like, oh, look, we can go to those mountains. And then Cooper is like, those aren't mountains. Oh, horrifying. Like, Just horrifying. Yeah. Um, and nonetheless, Brand finds in the wreckage the like data unit from Miller's ship, and she's like insisting on collecting it. And so she's almost killed. Tars goes to save her by turning into like a transformer and rolling to get her and carrying her back to the ship. Meanwhile, Doyle um gets swept away by the wave. He doesn't make it into the shuttle fast enough. Um, and so then they have to ride the wave in the shuttle. And as a result of that, the engines are flooded. Um, so they need to wait at least a couple hours or more on the planet to let their engines dry out. And why was Um, it that, why was it again that, that brand lady wanted to not wanted to fuck everything up? Cause she was really convinced that she needed to get the data recording device from the wreckage i feel like that she was dumb i know i agree (laughs) i agree this was all her fault let's face it um so the engines are flooded they're did you like where it was showing the shuttle riding this giant wave and being like sloshed around no i'm telling you like this whole part i really just i disliked this i think it was right around after watching this part is when i sent you that text about like being angry. okay yeah fair <laughs> um so they have to once the wave subsides and they're back down they have to wait for the engines to dry out um and so they realize at this point, so Doyle's dead. All that's left on this mission are Brand and Cooper. And Cooper is extremely upset because he is trying to get back home quickly to be with his children. Yeah. Um, even though the children will have aged and I guess he won't, he's still trying to get back. Um, and he he's like, we're going to be gone for years now because of your fuck up. Basically. Yeah, that'd be so um, They also realized that because of the time distortion on the planet, the data that they thought they were getting from Miller that was like recent was actually really old information. Um, and they also realized that probably Miller had only arrived on the planet maybe a couple minutes before they did because of the time distortion and they just got swept away. I mean, my head hurts. I don't get it, but okay. Um, The final scene, and this was a bad one and I bet you hated it too. As they managed to take off from the planet, we get a shot of their dead compatriot 
just floating face down in the water. Yeah, and terrible. Yeah. When they get back to the endurance, it turns out that their colleague Romilly has been waiting for them for 23 years. Was he was he in stasis? So that's what he reveals that he um has spent that time sometimes in stasis and sometimes out. Okay, um, okay, okay, okay. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Can you imagine? And I don't think they go into this. Like they're just like, oh damn. Um can you imagine being inside of a ship on some other like weird water planet and your team or no, he's not on the water planet. Where is he? He's waiting. So they take the shuttle down to the planet and he remains in the big ship okay. orbiting the planet. Okay. 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 So he's orbiting up in a thing by himself, right? Yes. By his motherfucking self, he would have gone crazy. I think he would have gone space crazy in real yeah. life. Yeah, no, and he does, he says, like, because they were like, because he gets, like, he's got gray in his beard and in his hair. And uh, Brand is like, why didn't you sleep? And he was like, I did sleep for some of it, but then I felt like... um I didn't want to sleep for 23 years. Goddamn. Right. Yeah. Like I was, I was basically like sleeping. I effectively had killed myself is what he was right. saying. You know, like, Can um, imagine 23 years by yourself in a freaking space shuttle. You're like, I don't, he doesn't even know if they'll come back. I feel like I would have. Correct. Left. Yeah. I, I would not have done well in that circumstance. Um, and that actually would have been an interesting movie on its own. It's like, what did this guy do yeah. for 23 years? Um, it would have probably been like Castaway in a ship. I know. It would have been. It would have been bad. Um, but in that time, he has collected an incredible amount of data about this, the system that they're in, about the black hole. Um, and so that data will become useful and relevant to them. In the meantime, Cooper sits and watches 23 years worth of messages from his family. He learns that he's a grandfather. This is when Timothée Chalamet becomes Casey Affleck. Um, and he also learns that John Lithgow, his father-in-law has died. Um, he also, it becomes apparent that he is not getting messages from his daughter, Murph. Um, and I think, I can't, I can't remember if it's in this one. Yeah, I think it is. Like, um, eventually, even Casey Affleck is saying, like, I'm not going to keep sending you messages. You're never coming back, sort of thing. Um, in Murph's case, Jessica Chastain now um, she has a very tearful message where she's like, you promised me you'd be back by the time I was your age. I'm your age. You're not back, you know? And I was um, thinking, this is the moment when I was like, I would rather be watching Armageddon because, <laughs> because I was like, this is like the same vibe. Like they do. It that. is. It is the father daughter relationship and it's troubled. And, um, and you know, the daughter you know, dad's in space and he's constantly letting his daughter down 
but he's got this larger mission that if he achieves it, she'll be very proud of him somehow, some way. Um, Now that I've said it out loud, I feel like this is an apologist stance from fathers who are absent in their daughter's lives. (laughs) Well, but like, here's the thing though, like, I think a lot of a lot of fathers who oh god a lot of fathers who are absentee fathers I feel like they don't have as good an, of an excuse as like I'm an no ass- no 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 in the, it's like not every dad is capable of saving humanity so right. like so like um, you're you're working as an accountant like Darren like that's not the same thing like right you can you can show up to the soccer game every yeah. so often you're literally you on earth you could get here <laughs> you're on earth for all that matter you might be in a suburb a 45 minute drive away like you can get here if you try um now what we learn unfortunately when we return to earth is that though 23 years have passed Professor Brand is no closer to coming through with this formula that somehow I just I'm really having a hard time being like, how can a formula mean that you get all people off Earth? I don't see the connection between the two things. Yeah, what is it like A squared plus B squared equals zoop, all the people are gone? <laughs> like, I don't yeah, I, I'm I'm genuinely not sure. Um, but maybe maybe I'm missing something. Maybe. Because they're working in that compound. And now that I'm thinking about it, maybe the compound is meant to be the initial ship that everyone gets lifted off on. I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm having a hard time understanding this portion of the, how it's all supposed to work. But anyway, back in space, um, they realize that because of the loss of both time and fuel um, on this first water planet adventure, of the remaining two planets that they were going to visit, they can really only visit one. And Brand suggests that they go to a planet where a person that she used to date, I guess, um, it was his team that went there. And so the planet is called Edmund's planet. And she makes this lengthy speech about how they should go to Edmund's planet, even though it's the farthest one away, because um, perhaps love is quantifiable by science that we haven't yet discovered, basically, is her. But here's the thing. I appreciate that she is a female astronaut slash, I don't know if she's an astrophysicist too or whatever. I think she is. That's great. But I do feel like either (laughs) either science fiction as a whole is sort of sexist or this movie falls into that same trap because it always feels like the women in these movies really fuck things up (laughs) yes i mean are the saviors too but like i feel like 
it's so often that the woman like fucks things up. It's true. That's definitely true. And certainly in a broad sense, I think you might be able to say that science fiction is sexist. Um, But there's also plenty of really, I mean, science fiction also has the capability of being very anti-sexist because it's like, you can just create any world you want. Like you can, yes, it has the ability to, but I don't think that it generally chooses to do that. No, no. I mean, there are some there, unsurprisingly, there are generally um, women writers uh, who, who do better at that than men. And that to me doesn't seem like a shock. No. Um, what I was annoyed by by this speech was I'm like, of course the woman's gonna say that love is an important thing. Blah. Right. Like, um, <laughs> now now, Brand gets her restoration as a character later, um, but she basic so Cooper shoots her down. He's like, this whole love as a means of measurement is bullshit. Um, Because also the thing I haven't mentioned because it's even more amorphous and stupid is that the people involved in these projects of going through the wormhole and looking for the planets and blah, 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 blah. They all keep referring to some mysterious they Mm-hmm. who are helping them and they are operating under the belief that this is some sort of intelligent alien life that has led them to the wormhole that has led them to these planets and so forth and so on and cooper throughout the movie so far has been like but why are they doing that what do we know about this they and everyone is like we don't know anything we don't know why but we're still following all the steps, doing all the things. And I'm like, that seems crazy, but fair enough. Um, so, so in her rant about love, Brand is like, maybe we can't perceive love as a measurable quantity, just as we can't perceive gravity and time as measurable quantities the way these entities clearly can. Yeah. So she's like, so we should use love as a determining factor to make the decision. And so then I'm saying this. Cooper shoots her down. He's like, nope, we're going to go to man's planet. Um, M-A-N-N. That's Dr. Man's planet, not just like a planet for men. Um, (laughs) That would be funny, though, if he was like, that sounds pretty womanly. We're going to man planet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Man planet is not a place I want to visit. Um, planet equals hell. Yeah. Man planet is like just full of people who. Actually, I, actually man planet. Here's my idea. Here's what I would okay. pick. Okay. Man planet exists. We use professor brands, little algorithm or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it to get all the men to man planet. Boom. Yeah. World saved. <laughs> Oh boy. Oh, Amy, that's a real men are from Mars, women are from Venus kind of a take. Oh boy, oh boy. Um well, not necessarily from, but let's send them there. Oh my God. Um, man planet to me, I'm just picturing like a bunch of people who don't want any kind of help with anything, but actually need quite a lot of it. And also really bad toenail 
maintenance. Um, <laughs> that and, is specific. And like a lot of meat eating is kind of what I'm picturing yeah. on Mad Planet. I picture it's 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 sort of like um, <laughs> it, uh, like the it's like a return to the Flintstones. It's like yes, yes, <laughs> indeed. Um, so anyway, they opt in the end with Cooper's idea. They're going to go to Man's Planet. Um, and Brand is actually pissed at Cooper because she's like, "You think I'm being selfish by wanting to go see my ex lover?" I think you're selfish because you just want to pick the closest thing because if it works out, then you can get back to your kids faster. Right. And and then, as you'll see in the outline, I in parentheses said, but isn't that also love? So that even like Brand's whole thing of like, if love is the determining factor, like why can't love for his kids but we be all as relevant? Yeah, well, we all know when people say love, they mean romantic love only. I guess. I just, I'm, I also, I, mean, I agree. I agree with you, but I think generally the idea of love is so uh, caught up in romantic love only. Well, I guess maybe in um in a Hollywood movie, I guess that's right. But um, I don't know, man. I like, I just, well, I found myself. Back, he should have pushed back on her on that. Like, and said, excuse yeah. me. This what? is also love. And so I'm motivated by that. Um, I also just, I just, the whole thing of like, love is the thing just makes me be like, because they also did that in Wonder Woman as well. Like where they're like, oh, Wonder Woman's best power is her ability to love. And I'm like, Wonder Woman's best power is her cool ass shit that she can do. And well, she's an really Amazon. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. That's kind of, um, what's the word that's I don't, I don't know anything about Wonder Woman but that is pretty disappointing that's like it's 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 very movie like very annoying like even even if it's true like it's annoying to hear <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um so back down on earth turns out Professor Brand is dying now and he and I was Murphy, surprised he was still alive, to be honest. I was like, I know. At first, when they showed him, I was like, wait a second. They said 23 years. How old is that dude? <laughs> right, right. Um, so Professor Brand is dying. It it turns out he took Murph under his wing, and like she's been working for him on this project this whole time. Um, and is and is kind of like his right hand. Uh-huh. And so as he lay dying, Professor Brand reveals that there was never a formula. There was never an equation that was going to save people on earth. The purpose of these missions was always about seeding planets with those embryos. That was always the secret plan. And, um, and to be clear, was it that like they, the idea was these, these people on this mission would not come back. Right. And why right. is that? Is there is there a science reason why they can't come back? I didn't. I maybe didn't follow. No, that. It's not. No, I think, I think it is. If there's a science reason, it's that, it's not that they couldn't possibly survive and come back. It just is extremely unlikely. Got it. And the other piece of it is like, even if they came back, we still haven't figured out how to get people off Earth. So yeah. it doesn't matter. 
what they find the problem yeah yeah so 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 here i think this qualifies as the first twist right yeah um the reveal that what everyone in the movie seems to think is happening is not happening yeah um, Murph in particular is extremely despondent about this reveal. Um, and in fact, then goes to send a message to Brand. Um, and she basically accuses her of knowing what her father was doing the whole time. Um, right. that the whole that this whole thing has been a charade to doom the people of Earth and that she knew it. Um, so back. In space, however, um, they arrive at man's planet and they come down and they find Dr. Man, played by Matt Damon. Um, They find him in stasis and wake him up and he starts like weeping upon waking up, Mm. um, which seems fair. I mean, still alive. Fuck. <laughs> now, just to add a little bit of intrigue and interest in this, we've talked about The Martian before, right? Um, which features Matt Damon living on Mars, having exceeding amounts of space problems. <laughs> um, it also features Jessica Chastain in this movie yeah. as well. Um. So is this like a crossover theory? Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say is that there is a bit of like um, an internet effort to say that these are connected, that this this is like all part of the same world and experience. Um, Although I don't really know how that, I don't know how the, the theory fits together, like what they say to make it. Yeah, fit. I, I can't remember the character. What a I can't remember what Jessica Chastain's character was in The Martian, and I don't remember really like uh, Matt Damon's character. I do feel like he was different than this guy in this one. Yeah, no, he was because in this one, so man wakes up, and I guess what I would say is if I were to contrast man to now I need to look up again I think his name is Mark Watney in The Martian but let me look it up because I just was looking at it and now I've immediately forgotten um yeah he's Mark Watney in The Martian so my what I would say is Mark Watney had a lot more hope and was much more kind of believing that things would work out somehow. Um, whereas man seems to have, and as we spend more time with him, it becomes clear, man is a much more negative Nelly of a person. Yes. Um, when he gets out of stasis and recovers a bit from the crying, uh, he explains that uh, all of his other crewmates uh, died in various ways. I'm not sure. It's not clear to me if they like didn't survive the trip or what, but he has ended up being the only one there. And when his supplies started dwindling, he put himself into stasis. And the way he talks about it, he's like, I basically putting oh, myself yeah. into stasis was like killing myself. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, similar to what Romilly says. I would, well. I would, I would, A number one for sure, never go. <laughs> but two, no, if, we've established it. If I was there for some, something went wildly wrong. I would put myself in stasis and be like, whatever like mission y'all are doing, I'll put myself in stasis until you come back or until never. Who knows? Right. right. I'm not going to yeah. go crazy by myself. Yeah. Um, and especially if you put yourself in stasis indefinitely. Huh? <laughs> I said, and then you don't age. Right. Right. But like when you put yourself in stasis indefinitely, what you have to know in the back of your mind is that like, eventually the power will fail and this thing will stop working and maybe I'll wake up or maybe I won't, but eventually I will die in here. Like once this power stops, like, you know, um, so anyway, um, he has done some investigating on this planet. It turns out they have a 67 hour day and oh a God, 67 so hour night um but that there are also signs of life that seem promising um this is when the brand gets the message from jessica chastain that her dad was a jerk who lied to them their whole lives and also he's, um, he's dead and also he's a piece of yeah. shit <laughs> yeah so your piece of shit dad is now dead um oh, and a yeah <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and then Amelia, that's Brand's first name, is very upset. Um, and wait. Oh, yeah. So, so she's very upset. Mm -hmm. um, they leave things there, basically. Um, back down on Earth, Murph has gotten to her childhood home again, which is where Casey Affleck, her brother, lives still and for some reason she's convinced that there's some sort of message in her childhood bedroom i don't and again he's not wrong a, a, a lot of this movie i don't know how to put it a lot of this movie just depends on like momentum so that you don't yeah. ask questions because i'm, okay. I'm like I guess it's the way the story is told. You're like, oh yeah, obviously she worked out finally that she's got to go back to her bedroom. But in reality, I'm like, why? Why would she ever think that there's any kind of clue in her childhood bedroom? Like, um, but nonetheless, that's what's happening. Um, meanwhile, back on man's planet, they have started to operate under the belief that they are going to make some kind of a settlement here um, and that they're going to start sending information back and then eventually they're going to go back themselves. Um, I already in my notes while watching this wrote next to, I was like, man and Cooper talk. And then above man, I wrote shifty question mark. <laughs> um, <laughs> He was super shifty from the start. Um, and he then, in the process of them kind of creating this new camp or this new thing they're doing, he says to Cooper, why don't you and I go out on some trek? I'm not even sure what the purpose of this trek was. Um, but Cooper agrees. And when they're out walking on the surface, man 
attacks Cooper and reveals that was that was his main reason for this little walk yes, or whatever. Yes, to get him away so that yeah. he could attack him. Um, and then in the process of the attack, as as many a villain is likely to do, um, he provides information that doesn't get need to be said. Um and he says to Cooper that in fact he's been faking the data that he's been showing them. And in fact, that he was also faking data that what he was sending through um, to the black hole and through to the people on the other side on Earth, that the planet can't sustain life. And the reason he was faking the data was because he was like, I knew someone would come and rescue me. That's confident. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, he clearly didn't know, no, because he put himself into that stasis thing. Yeah. But he assumed that if he gave data that was promising, that there was a chance that someone would come. And then similarly, there was a chance like he could, because that's the thing is he's been working on this plan for years. So he was like, there's a chance that somebody might come. And then there's similarly a chance that I could use their arrival to escape, whether they would help me or not I don't know but like I could escape if someone else showed up is basically what he got to yeah so that's his plan so he starts fighting uh with Cooper Cooper he cracks his um helmet like his face protector and so then uh he's losing oxygen through his mask and Man basically leaves him for dead uh, on the surface. What a jerk. Cooper manages to uh, trans find his transmitter again because also man has ripped his transmitter off the space off his uh, spacesuit. Um, so Cooper manages to get back onto the transmitter and calls for help from Romilly and Brand. Um, so Brand goes off to rescue him. Um, Romilly then recovers the faked data, um, and gets blown up by man's robot Kip, um, who has been, who had been deactivated, mm -hmm. um, but deactivated because of this faking data thing. Um, and in the chaos, Brandon Cooper get back. They see the explosion. And they also see that man is taking off in his shuttle. And what his goal is, is to catch the endurance, right? So same as before, like go up in a shuttle, connect to the big ship orbiting around the planet. And um, basically what he plans to do is maroon Brand and Cooper on this planet, leave them to die there. Yeah. Um, nice. Huh? I said he's not nice. No, he is a bad, shifty man, as I, I, think, I, I, think the, I think the lesson is, I think the underlying lesson is never get back with an ex. Ooh, but no, see, that's that's a good lesson, I think, in general. But this isn't um, Anne Hathaway's ex. Because oh. remember, he she wanted to go there and and oh, Matthew kind of said went, oh yeah 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 <laughs> I forgot no so so this is just some guy yeah um, that was weird that he sucks so bad yeah but well because that's the thing is like 
He's clearly a negative Nelly. I think also when he talks about faking the data, mm. I think there was a vibe that I was getting off of it where at first he started faking the data because he just wanted his planet to be the one. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like he had, you know, like a scientist's um, hubris, right? Like um, I, this, I did this because I thought it was going to work out, but then it didn't. And then I started faking the data for a different reason kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so he's not a nice man and he's willing to kill everyone around him for his own survival. He also does have some weird speeches about that very thing that like survival is like the the survival instinct is like the most important instinct of humanity or something. He says some stuff like that. Um, so needless to say, huh? I just said I hate him. He is not nice. He is a bad one. Um, so meanwhile, while they are scrambling to get off in their shuttle to try and get to the spaceship first, TARS reveals that he has disabled man's shuttle from auto docking to the endurance. So that means that like normally you can rely on the machines to do the connecting one to another, but now man's shuttle won't be able to do that. Um, So when we're in man's shuttle, he is trying to manually dock with the endurance Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work. And this is when you get those shots of like the little like clampies, like not clamping properly. <laughs> and this is like, I feel like this is like, this was a piece of the movie where I was like, oh my God, so many problems just like backing up on each other. And yeah, just- I mean, this is a space problems movie for sure. But like this segment of the movie is just, a, is so many space problems. It's like, oh boom, 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 boom. yeah. I feel um, like this is the part where I felt like there was a moment where like we figured it out and we we're good. And literally two seconds later, some shit happened. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, right. Because this, this is the scene I think because like, so he keeps trying to clamp in, but he can't because the auto dock is off. So because he is a terrible weirdo and person um, he's like, well, I'm just, I'm close enough. I'm going to open the airlock and go into the ship anyway. And both Cooper and Brand are in communication with him. And they're like, don't do it. You're not fully connected. Like if you open that airlock, it's going to be a bad thing that happens. Um, (laughs) He does it anyway, as you'd expect. And it was a bad thing that happened because he gets exploded. Yeah. What a fucking idiot. I mean, he had, that's the thing. You could say that being in space kind of turned him nuts. And so he couldn't really understand as fully as he ought to have done that that was obviously what the outcome was going to be. Because even I knew it. I was like, oh, if he opens that airlock without them being properly clamped, there's going to be, like, if not an outright explosion, there's going to be, like, um, a reaction isn't the right word either, but, like, the air that is in the shuttle is going to like blow out into space and it's going to push you away 
from where you want to be like, or you're going or you yourself are going to get sucked out into space. Like you are not going to be in a good situation here if you do this. Um, and I know that just from watching space problem movies. So this guy right. has to have known that. Um, so he gets exploded. Man as a problem character is gone. But now Brand and Cooper have the problem of like, how can they dock with the spaceship? Because a portion of it has been exploded. Um, and Cooper happily is able to dock with the endurance because because of the explosion the endurance is like spinning really really fast and this shuttle has to spin at the same rate for him to be able to dock so it's quite difficult um once they get into the endurance or once they've connected to it um yeah this is where it really gets bad they get stuck in the gravity well of the black hole and so then they have to pull out of that. That's immediately after they get connected to the endurance. Once they're out of the gravity well of the black hole, they realize that all that's happened has taken away their fuel to such a degree that they will never be able to get back to Earth. That sucks. <laughs> so that's a bummer. Yep, that's a bummer. Um, so Cooper finally relents and says, well, let's head to this planet that you originally wanted to go to. We can at least get there. Um, and Brand agrees. However, um, it's, I'm not, again, I'm not even sure why this needs to happen, but basically as they're heading toward the planet, both TARS and Cooper in, in the shuttle break away from the endurance. And the purpose of this is to give Brand a bit more of a push so mm -hmm. that she can get to the third planet. Okay. Um, and she doesn't realize that that's what he's gonna do. Mm -hmm. So um, so that's maybe an, an Armageddon-like kind of thing where like, I'm gonna say something to somebody but then I'm going to sacrifice myself anyway. Yeah. I mean, um, all of it, there was like lots of parallels in my mind to Armageddon and even actually Anne Hathaway and Liv Tyler like have similar looks too. Yeah, you're right. I mean, not exactly. And Anne Hathaway's got short hair in this movie, but they're both, you know, the dark brunette with kind of, um, What's the right way to say it? Uh, skinny little faces. I don't know. <laughs> skinny little faces and kind of like um, like a nervous energy almost. Like um, one thing. One thing that I did notice too. There was a couple of times in this movie where people were saying stuff that I felt like were probably important, but they were whispering it so much that I legit couldn't understand what they were saying. That's fair. Um. Like I said, I think a lot, like for all that this movie is based in accuracy and really does, I think, attempt to do that as well as it can for a Hollywood movie. Um, a lot of this, I'm now that I'm noticing it in the speaking about it, a lot of this movie hangs on the, the momentum of the film, like the storytelling 
and and just kind of the ability, I guess, that Christopher Nolan has for making, for world building, maybe is the way to say it, so mm-hmm. that you are like, you are not looking through your peripherals at anything. You're like, I am just full bore, blinders on, looking at this movie and and this story. And so I'm not asking questions that are going to disrupt or distract from that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, cause we've already pointed out various times when I'm like, this just like, why is this like, like, why are we doing this? Um, in the case of where we are now, Cooper has helped brand get to the other planet and he and TARS are in the shuttle and they're falling into the black hole um whereupon for reasons unknown cooper ejects himself from the shuttle so he's falling in his spacesuit through a black hole and that seems concerning to me um i wouldn't like to do that no <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't like to do literally one single thing that happens in this movie. I wouldn't want to literally anything like every single thing that happens in this movie. I would not want anything to do with in my life. No, nor I. What's weird about this. If I thought that I had a ghost in my bedroom pushing books off. Don't. Yes. No, I don't. I mean, first of all, rude. I'm trying to sleep. Stop bothering me. Second of all, I have um, no books, so good luck. Yeah. Um, well, and then I just saw something on some social media platform recently where it was like somebody being like, I've got ADHD, so I would never know if a ghost were in my house. Was I wouldn't know that someone had moved my stuff around. <laughs> like, um, like, interesting. Well, well, yeah, and especially like, I mean, well, that piece too, if you live with somebody else, forget it. Like, because oh yeah oh yeah then it's like anyone yeah um so where we are now is matthew mcconaughey is flying and falling down into the black hole which then eventually turns into something that i'm describing as a shaft okay though i'm not sure that's what it is um but the shaft funny part the funny thing about like this section of the movie was i think a smart person would be like figuring stuff out i was like i still don't get it (laughs) um yes this this part of the movie again is meant to be like i I hesitate to use the word reveal exactly but it is the part of the movie that is supposed to explain all the things yeah and And I will say, I'm not so sure that it did that super effectively. Like, I got got the gist that I was supposed to be figuring stuff out. Like, I I could tell that was the vibe. I just didn't figure it out. Yeah, that's, yeah. I'm not sure I figured it out either, but I think I get what we're going to do, which is, so he's he ends up in this shaft. It's got kind of like, um, 
an Alice down the rabbit hole vibe sort of thing. Um, and then he, and this is also very Alice, then he just kind of stops in midair. And what we realize that we're seeing is we're seeing Murph's bedroom, her childhood bedroom from behind the bookshelf. Right. In a, in a kind of ever expanding kaleidoscope mm -hmm. of every iteration and every moment in time, I guess, is also what's there. Mm -hmm. um, and so first Cooper sees himself leaving on the day saying, like, I'm saying goodbye to my daughter because I'm leaving to go to space forever. Um, and it turns out that he is the one who has been writing the messages by telling her, saying that stay thing. Like he tries to use the books to tell him to stay. Yeah. He doesn't, of course. Um, somehow, Tars is in the shaft with him. And Tars explains that this mysterious alien they have saved them inside the black hole. Okay. And they have done this by creating a 3D capturing of their 5D reality. I'm not even going to ask questions because like, there's no point. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> so we live in 3D, which means that we have um, length, width, and depth that we perceive. Okay. Basically that, so the difference between 2D and 3D, of course, is 2D is flat because they have length and width, but no depth. Mm -hmm. So we have depth, so that makes us 3D. So like a 2D person would look at a sphere and only see a circle mm -hmm. because that's all they're capable of seeing. Okay. We can see the sphere because that's all we're capable of seeing. I don't know what the other dimensions are necessarily to make it 5D. Presumably time is one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so what they're positing is that this alien they can perceive length with depth plus time plus something else. Okay. And so, so I, so we, so you and I can't understand or imagine what looking at a sphere for us would look like to someone who could also perceive time. Like maybe for them, the sphere would be rotating, for okay. example. Okay. Um, and that's just how they would perceive it, right? Um, so these beings that can perceive all these additional dimensions mm -hmm. um, have created a 3D experience that Cooper can understand, mm -hmm. sort of. So that's where he is in this shaft. Cooper then seems to surmise that this alien presence wants him to send a message to Earth that he has been brought here for the purpose of sending this message and that the message effectively is going to go to Murph in her childhood bedroom. 
that's what he realizes. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of, so he's talking to Tars. Tars and him are talking and they're working all this stuff out, giving these reveals. This is where I think the quote unquote second twist happens because Tars asks him like, well, why did they bring us here? Like what's going on? And then Cooper's like, we brought ourselves. And so the reveal is that these entities that the people in this movie keep referring to as aliens that seem to be able to perceive things in five dimensions, they're actually just super, super duper way advanced humans from the future. I did not get that. Well, that's that's what that was the reveal. That was the real reveal. Didn't that and I'm trying to remember, I know we've had movies we've talked about where this is a similar reveal that like the message Soiling comes Green is people. <laughs> Soiling Green is people, of course. Um that that super duper future humans are the ones who save us in the present sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or no, I know actually this is a very, this is very similar to arrival because arrival operates also where time is murky. Yeah. And the reason why the aliens come to save Amy Adams and help her understand their perception of time is so that 3000 years in the future, humanity will have developed enough so that they can help the aliens. I think that's what that reveal was. Um, Um, So this is very similar in that way that like humanity of the deep future has come back to save themselves in this way. And so I guess we can someday look forward to being like super advanced, like multidimensional beings. (laughs) Again, if it means I have to participate in any activities that were portrayed in this movie, I want no part of it. I don't want to only eat corn. I don't want to eat only goop. Um, I don't want to. I've said, it, I've said it before. The day that like our food gets fucked up and like food is joyless and sub- solely for fuel, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, as a result of this reveal, as directed, I guess, Cooper starts sending messages to Murph in her room. And finally, what he settles on is he he's going to bobble the second hand in a watch that he gave her before he left at using Morse code. And he's like, eventually she's she'll get it. Good Lord. Indeed. Back on the farm, Murph immediately figures out the code and is like, oh, This is him. He's been here all along because from her perception, the the watch that she's had since she was a child has always bobbled like this. So so I guess she doesn't immediately figure out it out, but like she does eventually. So she starts capturing the code that Cooper is sending her, which in turn helps her to work out the equation to save humanity, which again, I am not sure how an equation saves humanity. Um, And basically once this message is received back in the shaft, 
Tars tells um, Cooper that the Tesseract is closing. I guess that's where they've been this whole time is a Tesseract. And that, and the reason it's closing is because the future humans know that the message has been successful. Um, so the shaft collapses and Cooper ends up in a sense, kind of back where he started because he's floating in the space around Saturn. Cause he's, I guess, cause see, this is the thing. He goes into the black hole, but then he comes out the wormhole. So I'm not sure what's going on. I don't understand. Um, this was a time in my mind where I was like, Armageddon was just so much more straightforward. <laughs> Indeed. So he ends up floating in space and we see a ship behind him in the distance. Um, when he wakes up in a hospital, um, we, re- we are told that he is now the equivalent of 120, well, no, he's not the equivalent. In Earth years, he's 124 years old. Woof. In his own experience, I think he's only been gone for like a couple months or something. I mean, <laughs> or no, a couple years because he he still looks like what he's ever supposed to be forty, I guess. Right. Well, right because so they also put themselves to sleep on the trip to Saturn. So in in physical age, he might only be forty five. In terms of his perceived time away it might be maybe a year that's wild that's too i know i don't feel like a human brain can conceptualize that in a healthy way no and i mean and that's why i think like it space travel has got to get better fast because (laughs) like yeah i mean even using those stasis pods which i think probably is the way human beings will do interstellar travel at least at first even using that what it does mean is that while your trip is not necessarily a one-way trip it does mean that anyone you leave behind you will probably never see again yeah that's rough yeah yeah and that's that's it's like being weirdly immortal in like yes way. yeah and i and as we've talked about in other things um and as you said i'm i'm not sure human beings we've not we've not had this evolutionary process yet where we can really like handle that reality well and especially um, if those around you are not right like again right. if everyone was immortal i mean it would get exhausting but like at least you would have people around you that you knew if right like, that you are just like watching everybody you know die constantly or not even being there anymore yeah that's just it's a weird place well and that's the whole thing so he's told he's 124 and that he was rescued because he was floating outside cooper station which i think is where most humanity has ended up at this point because murph has figured out how to get them there Mm -hmm. um and he's told that his daughter Murph is on the way to see him, even though she's she is quite aged by this point. Yeah. Um, Wait, well, he's waiting for her to. Huh? I'm sorry. If he's let's say he's. How whatever doesn't matter. I was just trying to figure out how old she would be. Well, he's 124. 
And is she, she looked eighty-five, ninety? Yeah, she looked about ten. Let's say when he left, mm-hmm. that means he was thirty-five-ish when he had her. So the, yeah, that would make her about ninety. Okay. Yeah. Um, but she's coming to see him. And while he's waiting for her to come, he gets a tour of the station. The station is kind of wild because um, the station is um, cylindrical. Right. So that's when you get that shot of like kids playing baseball. And then as you look in the distance, it's like that big cylinder of land that everyone's living on. Um which is pretty wild, but that is also, that's also another kind of accuracy thing. Cause I've seen renderings um, of how people imagine state space stations to be. Mm-hmm. And that is a common design to have it be that way um, mm-hmm. because you want it to be cylindrical. And even the spaceship that they were in has that circular um, motion to it because that creates gravity. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, he's at the, he's living on the station a bit and he's in in the weird replica of his old house. And this gets to what you were saying before of like, he seems very unhappy, like dissatisfied. Like um, he doesn't belong in this, this future that isn't his, I guess. Um, when his daughter arrives, he finds an old woman surrounded by quite a lot of family. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a tearful, this is where Ellen Burstyn is. She plays old Murph. Um, they have a very tearful reunion. Um, and then she sends him out of the room because she said parents should never watch their children die. Um, let me tell you something this movie pissed me off in multiple ways and it pissed me off all the way up to the end because I was like how dare you movie be as long as you are have all things in that I hate all types of things and then yet still somehow like make me cry (laughs) I mean yeah and I I had a weird reaction to this as well I was like I don't know if I like this because I, on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, parents shouldn't see their kids die. I, I get it. Um, but also you're like so fucking old and you've never, you haven't seen this guy. And he just like traveled a hundred billion trillion years to like save humanity. And now you don't even let him be in the room. Now he's like an outcast. Yeah. I mean, I guess the whole thing is, is that she tells him to go look for Brand on that third planet because Brand has been sending data, I guess, from there. And I guess this goes to the thing as well of what you were saying, which is like, if you have been out of the timeline long enough, Mm -hmm then you don't really feel as though you belong. And so, and so like, that's the whole thing. That's what Matthew McConaughey is experiencing is he doesn't want to just hang out on this space station, which you imagine he would. It's like, you've just been through hell. Like, why wouldn't you want to just like hang out here and like 
try and make some kind of a life for yourself. But it's like, I don't really belong here. And then it goes back to the idea of, unfortunately, the love bullshit. Because if you are not connected with others, then you have nothing. You are going to feel kind of like this uh, futile, (laughs) like, what am I doing? Yeah. What is the value of my life if there's no one outside of me to to mark it or to note yeah. it in some kind of way. Um, and I mean, I do think it's interesting too, because they definitely don't try and create any sort of like love connection between Brand and Cooper. Yeah. But I guess maybe there's even some sort of implication of that at the end, because he sneaks off into a shuttle to go find her at yes. his daughter's request. Um, and then there's like kind of the final shot of Brand having successfully made it to Edmund's planet. And it seems like, because like the final shot is her walking toward a camp where I don't think she's the only one there. I think we're meant to imagine that this is like the people on that mission survived. Yeah. And so then... So then she's going to be having sex with her ex-lover. But what about poor Matthew McConaughey? What will he do? I would just go kill myself if I were him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, so- I guess I guess that, but I, I guess I would hope that I found someone on that planet, I suppose, like that I could fill my time with. I don't know. It all seems very bleak. And indeed. I'm not really even quite sure what the message of this movie is or if there is one like what I don't I don't really know how I felt about it. I don't know. I don't it, I will tell you unequivocally it is too long. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. Um, It's too long. And. I mean, I will say I like. I understand the epic movies and when you spend money on effects and you've got like 80 billion famous people, like you want to make it like a big thing for you. An event. Yeah. But like 20 minutes, easy to chop off. 45, preferable. Like, Well, and that's the whole thing is like, since I've said that this movie really does have some sort of momentum behind it, which makes you jump over the various plot holes, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. That suggests that it could be tightened. Like, um, and there's, some, there's definitely some stuff at the beginning. I don't know. The, the first hour was much slower for me than like the second hour and 45. Um, yeah, no, the last bit, yeah, I guess there was, I'm, yeah, I'm not so sure we needed quite so much Dust Bowl no. time. Um, but I but I will say, even though I needed two sittings to watch this, it wasn't because I was getting bored. It was just like, literally, I don't have time in a day for this. <laughs> like, and there's that one. Yeah. Uh, so, cause like, if you turned this on at 8 PM, oh, I'm asleep 20 minutes in, but like, like, well, but then even if you really were caught up in it and were able, then it's 11, it's like, go to fucking bed. No, that's, 
it's egregious. I'm... It's like it's really egregious to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I even looked up how long Armageddon was because I was like, it's got to be shorter than this. It was not as shorter as I was hoping, but it was shorter. I suppose maybe now is a good time to do yawns and eye rolls, and then we can do final final thoughts. Yeah. Um, we both agree it's too long. That's a death. Um, so yawns. Okay. Yeah. This, this fits in nicely. The yawns part of it all. Um, one yawn is, um, I was totally engrossed and engaged the whole time. And 10 yawns is like, this couldn't grab my attention. If you paid me, what would you give it? Um, just for running time alone, I'm going to rate this high, whether like that is everybody's criteria for boring for me, it is no matter what. Um, so I would say like seven. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, yeah, I guess I will do a five. Um, because as I said, I, I was surprisingly eight swept away in this. Um, but I did not have the time. To... It took me a good long time to get into it. And like I said, it literally took me being like at the gym with zero other. Cause if I had watched this again, like whenever I'm watching anything at home, I get very distracted by other things and the time would just be like, I, I can't, um, yeah. 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 So in terms of eye rolls, One eye roll is, um, yeah, this world seemed to make sense unto itself. Um, And 10 eye rolls is like, no, all of this is nonsense. What would you get? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Well, I mean, in my brain, technically, I would give it a 10. It it was gobbledygook. I recognize that my brain is just not like evolved enough to understand a lot of it. So I think realistically, again, I would maybe say more like a six or seven, but I I didn't quite get this world. No. Yeah. I mean, I actually would go closer to maybe a three because, and the three is more about plot holes than it is about, because I do think that the world building was quite, compelling I suppose um it all fit but I just would have liked similar I guess to when we talked about Soylent Green Mm -hmm. and I hesitate to say I want more because I don't want the movie to be longer well no if you wanted more you go watch a miniseries but I guess what I would have liked is like a little bit less time and time on earth That being said, a little bit more description of what happened on Earth. Yeah, I Um, agree with that. Like, so just like a slight, like, just like a bit of like, tweak out this bit. um, Give me a little bit more information on the back end. Yeah, like less about when his kids were kids. Yes. Like less that. Yes. And, And more just like, can we get help? I don't think it, I don't think it like even if that was just supposed to be like, if that was supposed to be the exposition, I don't think it showed me that much. No, it didn't. I mean, it didn't even help me really get a vibe that this was a family where love was so 
so boiling over that it was no, going to draw even, someone across time and space. Like, not, not even a little bit did I get that vibe. <laughs> like, no, because like fact, um, kind of fact, like he didn't like his son. Like there was a weird vibe between he clearly favored his daughter. Right. He, yeah. Well, and uh, as, and like because then it's like okay, so it's fine to have like the dead mom. That's a trope. We get it. Like whatever. But like if you want to show me that this is a family that's like really close, then that I think the scene that we were supposed to use for that was them chasing the drone. But I'm like, that doesn't tell me anything about love, like, or closeness or affection. Like, no, um, like, why don't you have some scenes where it's like Christmas time in terrible dystopia so like the turkey is made out of corn or i don't know but like i would have loved that some christmas in general that is what this movie was missing was christmas (laughs) i mean i know you would do a dash of christmas in almost any movie but um actually that is that would be that would be my general note for most movies like add a dash of christmas and i'm (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so i i guess what i would say is i think And this is maybe, okay, I'll go to my, did you like this and would you recommend it? Um, I would say I liked this movie and I might even recommend it, but I still strongly feel that it could have been edited down to at least two hours and and possibly 145 oh, pre- oh please and I- and it and it could have given me more in terms of these things of like give me more so that i actually understand the emotional connection yes. between this guy and his kids and particularly his daughter give me more of that give yes. me slightly more about like precisely the state of the world like Yes. If if humanity is to be lifted off the ground by an equation, tell us what freaking year it is, for goodness sakes. Tell us what year it is. Tell us how many people live on this planet so that yeah. when you're saying we're going to get all of humanity off, what does that mean? What yeah. is all of humanity? Like, um, so, yeah. th- so I would, that's my feeling about this is I would say, yes, I liked it. And yes, I would recommend it. But I do have some reservations about how the story was told overall. So what about you? Did you like this and would you recommend it? Um, I did not like this and (laughs) I don't think I would recommend it. And it's not even because it's like, I I recognize that it's like, quote unquote, a good movie. Like it is well done. I recognize that. Well acted. I recognize that. I do not like the content. It is too long. I would never tell somebody to sit three hours of their life and watch this. Fair. <laughs> totally fair. Totally fair. I mean, yeah. And this and and the, the confounding thing about this movie as well is like, whereas some of the other things we've watched that are long you can still kind of give the advice of like, you can scrub through some stuff, you know, whatevs. This movie, even though- You're going to be confused. If you miss stuff, you're going to be confused. Well, I mean- It's not like there's action happening every second, but like, 
it does not even lend itself to that of like scrub through and then you and scrub through again. You know, like it's like, no, you're going to be confused. Like you're not going to get it. Um, and even if you don't scrub through, I'm going to tell you right here and right now, you still might not get it. <laughs> well, and and that's and that I think is also again, this isn't for a recommendation thing, but I do think it's interesting that I think this is one of the movies where both of us are like, I'm really, really struggling to. I mean, I, just, I, I and I always think of it as being kind of pretentious because yeah. like, obviously nobody likes a movie where they feel like they are too dumb to get it. Yeah. And, and I know people also complain in the reverse when people are, when movies are like, Oh, it's so obvious. So I saw it all coming, but actually right. I think people enjoy that more than they let on. Oh yeah. Somebody, cause when you anticipate something, even if you complain about it, you're like, I still feel good. Cause I'm smart. Cause I yeah. saw that. Coming. And you're like, of like, course, that's what would happen. That's what was set up to happen. Like, right. like, like when I realized, when I knew that Dr. Man was shifty, I was like, ha ha, he's shifty. I knew it. Hey, yes. Um, and when I knew nothing, I was like, this movie made me feel dumb. <laughs> well, well, on that really effective note, um, <laughs> this has been quite the adventure. Um, I guess as I am not surprised to say, those of us here at See You Next Week in Space do not advocate space travel as yet. Too many space problems, too much confusion. Um, but it's been a pleasure as always, Amy, and I am Sarah, and we will see you next week in space. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.